Hello and welcome back to the History of the British Isles. This is episode 25, The Bad and the Brave. Happy 20th, 25th episode to all of you out there. As well as hitting 25 episodes, we have also reached 7,500 total listens to all episodes, which is pretty mind-boggling. Growth has definitely accelerated recently. As always, there's a bit of housekeeping I've got to do before we begin. Firstly, a reminder about the historically accurate game jam. It will be on the 28th of December to the 4th of January, so a little bit over a week. If you can code and are interested, please do join the jam. I think linking history to game development has lots of exciting possibilities and can help people understand the past in new ways. As well as that, I've revamped the Patreon. The bottom tier is still yeoman, but the cost of joining is now £1 a month. $1 a month, I mean. With the yeoman tier, you get your name read out on the podcast when you first join, a special rank on the community Discord server, and access to the polls on special episode. If you want to be even more generous, you can donate $2.50 a month and become a gentleman or woman. With this tier, you get all the benefits of the first tier and a message read out on the podcast. Please keep these messages family-friendly. I will be vetting them. The next tier up shares its name with the old $10 tier, Alderman. As of the update, this is now the $5 tier. It nets you all the benefits of the yeomanry and gentry, your name being read out every single episode, access to special episode ide- access to the special episode ideas spreadsheet, and episodes a day early. Above Alderman is the new $10 tier, Duke. By becoming a Duke, you get all the benefits of the first three tiers, access to my episode scripts, your name put in every episode's description, and a tweet being put out about your ascension. Truly the highest form of nobility. If you're interested in becoming a patron, you can find me at www.patreon.com slash the history of the British Isles, or through the link in the episode's description. To all people who are already patrons, or two of you, please remember to re-sign up to the tiers. When I put up polls, episodes and scripts, I do that to specific tiers. You won't be able to get your deserved reward if you don't sign if you don't re-sign up. I could, I'll still give you all the benefits I can, but some rely on you having picked the tier. Also, please follow me on Twitter, where I'm at BritishHistPod, and join the community Discord server. Links to both of those will be in the episode's description. With that overly, overly long intro done, let us begin with the episode. off last episode, Aethelred had just fled the country and sought refuge in Normandy along with his family, leaving Sven Forkbeard as King of England. Sven was declared King on Christmas Day, 25th December, 1013. He ruled for only five weeks. As the story goes, he was trying to get tribute from Gainsborough and apparently saw the ghostly apparition of St Edmund the Martyr, the man whose head told his followers where it was after the Vikings cut it off who caused him to fall off his horse and subsequently die. 
His oldest son, Harold, succeeded in Denmark, while his younger son, Knut, was with him in England and poised to take the throne there. Obviously, the Danes elected Knut as king. Meanwhile, the English, as recorded by the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, determined to send for King Aethelred, as they said that no lord was dearer to them than their natural lord, if he would govern them more justly than he did before. Aethelred sent one of his sons, Edward, back to England with, with messengers to secure his return. The conditions of his return are recorded as this, that he, Aethelred, would be a gracious lord to them and reform all things which they all hated. Moreover, everything said and done against the king would be forgiven, on the condition that they all unanimously turned to him without treachery. Aethelred returned to England in spring, and immediately on his return did something actually good and brought his army to, In to Lindsay to drive Canute from the kingdom. So far so good, right? Maybe Aethelred's had a good long think about his actions and decided to do things better. Well, he started to prepare his eldest son Aethelstan for kingship and kind of just relaxed a bit, only drafting a law code here or there. Then he blew it. A great assembly was convened at Oxford and Edric Strona, as a chronicler records, betrayed Siegfrith and Morkar, the chief thanes belonging to the Seven Brothers. He enticed them into his chamber and they were killed basely inside of it. At first, you think it was just Edric's drone being a schemer, but Aethelred just had to get himself tainted with Edric's brush. He took Siegfrith and Morkar's estates and sent Siegfrith's widow, Edith, off to a nunnery. Around June 1014, it, it, it seems Aethelstan died and his younger brother Edmund succeeded as heir. Well, Edmund went off and married Edith against Aethelred's will before running off to take Siegfrith and Morka's lands in the East Midlands. While this seems like quite, quite a quite blatant act against his father, it in fact seems like Aethelred was acting against the scheming of Edric's Droda. By the way, if you're in the business of wanting to know the goodies and baddies of, of our story... Edric is the closest thing you get to a proper bad guy. While all this turmoil was going on in England, Canut was preparing his armies to crush Aethelred and make himself king of England. In late summer 1015, Canut landed in Sandwich and readied a new attack on England. As it would turn out, he could not have picked a better time to do so. started off by going south along the Wessex coast. Edric Strona deserted the English and joined with Canute. With him he took the English mercenary army. Why did he do this? Well, the opposition to Edmund, the opposition of Edmund put Edric in quite a tight spot. Better for him to get out while, the, while it's going good. Soon after, Wessex submitted to Canute. He then moved up to Mercia, but Aethelred and Edmund tried to organise some resistance. Unfortunately, they failed. Aethelred moved down into London, while Edmund joined with the forces of Earl Uthred in Northumbria. Uthred made an offensive toward the lands of Edric Strona, but was killed on the Ord, but was outmanoeuvred and submitted to Canut out of necessity. He was subsequently killed on the orders of Edric Strona. After this, Edmund rejoined his father, Aethelred, in London. Canut prepared to launch an offensive on London, but Aethelred died before he was able to. 
the old king died on the 23rd of April 1016. Before we move on, let us talk a bit about Aethelred's reign. He was never the best king, but he certainly did try. In the early days of his reign, he was corrupt and unscrupulous. It is to his credit, however, that he saw the errors of his ways and tried to become a better king. With We see this with him drafting many law codes and preserving and even expanding church power. Militarily, he built a large fleet and was certainly preparing for another Viking attack. He can only take part of the blame for Edric's Jonah's brother literally scuppering it. He was also able to defeat Cunut and repel him from England on his return. His great weakness was the inability to pick loyal men, as would be his downfall. Edric Stroner was always out for self-interest and didn't care a bit about England. Anyways, on Aethelred's death he was succeeded by his eldest surviving son, Edmund Ironside. Edmund was in fact Aethelred's third son, so you think he wouldn't be the best trained king. You'd be wrong. Edmund was known to be a great warrior and brave, hence the name Ironside. The Witten had elected Canut, but Edmund had the support of the Londoners and was able to succeed to the kingship. He was initially able to raise Canut's siege of London, but lost to the Battle of Assingdune due to the treachery of Edric Stroder, who had temporarily rejoined his side. The two armies met again in Gloucestershire. Edmund challenged Canut to single combat, but Canut wimped out and said the fight would be unfair because of how big and strong Edmund was. The two sides agreed the Alne Agreement, partitioning the kingdom and saying that whoever survived the longest would get the other's lands. Edmund got Wessex, East Anglia, Essex and London, while Canut got the rest. One month later, Edmund went off and died. Henry of Huntingdon records the following. King Edmund was treacherously slain a few days afterwards. Thus it happened. One night, this great and powerful king, having occasion to retire to the house after receiving the calls of nature, the son of Alderman Edric, by, fa- by his father's contrivance, concealed himself in the pit and stabbed the king twice from beneath with a sharp dagger and, leaving the weapon fixed in his barrels, made his escape. Basically, an assassin stuck a knife up Edmund's bum while he was on the toilet. That's all we have time for this week. Remember to follow me on Twitter, join the community Discord server, and support me on Patreon. Big thanks to our patrons, our $2.50 gentleman, who has been supporting for a few months but hasn't got their thanks under the new plan, Judy Lap and our $5 Oldman patron, Leanne LaRue. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Big thanks to both of you, and do remember to update your donations. That's all for today.